This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to the Storytelling Lab, where we break down how to get to the heart of your story and the hearts of your audience to leave the greatest impact possible. And now here's your host, a filmmaker and competitive storyteller, Rain Bennett. What's up, my beautiful people? Welcome to another episode of the Storytelling Lab, where we help you break down the art and science of storytelling. My name is Rain Bennett. I am your host, and my job is to help you deepen your connections, increase your sales, and serve your audiences better. Every Monday morning, I send out a storytelling tip to my email subscribers, and I talk about how I have used it in my own storytelling for my clients and for myself, and I leave you with tangible advice on how you can apply it to your strategies. If this sounds like something that would interest you, go ahead and sign up for the newsletter at rainbennett.com slash weekly storytelling tips. Again, that's rainbennett.com slash weekly storytelling tips. This podcast is a Six Second Stories production. Six Second Stories is a video marketing agency that helps you tell heartfelt stories to maximize your impact in minimal time. Find out more about what we do at sixsecondstories.com. Special announcement, storytellers, I have launched my first online course. I've been waiting a long time. I've been so excited to do this. It is called Uncover the Story to Launch Your Personal Brand. Now, that last word, that last concept, personal brand, is one that I fought against. I resisted folks for a long, long time. And hey, flash forward, guess what? When I leaned into it, when I embraced it, when I cultivated a personal brand, the story that I tell others things started to unlock in whole new ways for me. I was able to build a business just off of who I was as a person. Instead of starting from scratch every time I started a brand new project and then bouncing and spinning around from project to project, the core of my business is me. 
and everything else is extended from that core. So if I want to be Rain Bennett, the podcaster, Rain Bennett, the author, Rain Bennett, the online course instructor, the storytelling coach, the keynote speaker, the filmmaker, they're all coming back to that same core personal brand. This is what I'm helping people do. I started coaching when the pandemic hit because all my speaking gigs stopped and it has impacted my life and I think it's impacted others' lives in such such a magnificent way, an unexpected way for me. Yes, I consulted with businesses and organizations, but I found the most profound impact by helping other people who had thoughts in the back of their head that they could do great things and serve people and make an impact on the world, but they just weren't sure how to access that thing within them. I helped them do that through finding their story. That has been so fulfilling for me, and I want to help you do that too. The thing is, not everybody can afford the over $1,000 of cost in the coaching package to do that. So I created a 14-lesson course that has all of the things and more that those coaching packages have, including a community of other storytellers so that you can share your experiences with and you can learn from them as well. All of this for $149. We will put the link to the course in the show notes. We are hosting the course on thinkific.com. It is called the Rain Bennett Storytelling School, and you can always find out information at rainbennett.com. What's up, storytellers, and welcome back to the Storytelling Lab. My name is Rain Bennett. I am your host, and it's me and you again. This is episode 91, closer and closer and closer to the inevitable 100 episodes. I don't know why I'm, I'm, I'm beefing it up so much. I just, uh, I say it every week. I'm pretty proud of that. And uh, we started a couple of years ago, and yeah. I'm going to keep beefing it up until we get there. I just feel like that triple digits is a, is a nice milestone. So we've been talking a lot this season. Let's just get into it. We've been talking a lot this season about basically how to use your story. You know, Last season when I was doing these solo episodes, we talked a lot about the things that prevent us from, do, from telling our stories, the things that block us, things that uh, mistakes to avoid, things that we can lean into to, to tell our stories better, to be more authentic, et cetera, et cetera. But everything this season on these smaller in-between episodes with just you and I are about the practical implementation of, of storytelling strategy, storytelling tactics. So really like how do we utilize it? How do we leverage it? How do we use its power to make impact, to, to, to deepen our impact on our audiences, to grow our communities, to increase sales and all of that, right? That's what we're talking about. We've been talking a lot about how to create a business, how to turn your story into a business. And if you've been following lately, you know that we just dropped a course, my first online course, to help you do just that. It's called Unlock the Story to Launch Your Personal Brand. We just dropped it this week. I'm so excited. And the reason I dropped it is because I've been coaching people for the past year and a half to, to do this, to tap into those unique intersections that create them, that make them unique and the unique perspectives they have on the world Tell, build a story around it and tell that story so that they can effectively serve the people who they want to serve. And that is the people who most likely respond and relate to the story of those unique intersections. And so that's why I made the course. I was, I was coaching and doing this a lot with people and I had many more people reach out to me that maybe could, it wasn't the right time for them to invest that much money to have a one-on-one -on -one coach. I'm not super expensive, certainly not as expensive as coaches I've worked with, but 
I've been doing it a while and I have had a success with it. So I'm feeling good about it. And the rates continue to raise. And even for someone on a lower tier or medium tier, it's still a decent investment, especially when you're trying to build something or if you're in a transitional point in your career, you don't necessarily want to go jump off the deep end with an investment. And I advocate for that. However, at some point, you do have to make an investment for yourself and put yourself out there to be willing and able to make those next steps. So it may or may not have been the right time for people. So I created and packaged it up in a course so that it can be entered or, or it can be that that process can still be taken at a lower price point for some people. So you sacrifice the one-on-one time, but you get effectively the same process and uh, and I'm super excited about it. So today I wanted to talk about the first, the kind of first big domino that is knocked down in order for us to to turn our story into a business. In order for you to turn your story into a business, you have to do an exercise that I did years ago that I call the Finding Your Unique Intersections exercise. And that's what today is gonna gonna be about finding the unique intersections of your story, because the whole point is to find out what differentiates you from anyone else in your field. I have a lot of storytelling experts on the show, some that are mentors of mine, most or all of them I look up to, but zero of them are in competition with me, nor I them, because we target different people, because we have different experiences and skills and passions that have created our our perspective, our approach on the way we handle storytelling and the way we use storytelling and the way we teach storytelling. So we we aren't in competition, even though we may both be storytelling coaches or storytelling speakers or have a storytelling book, it doesn't matter. So what we're trying to do, what you're trying to do is carve out your unique intersections so that whether you're a fitness instructor or a financial planner or a carpenter or whatever, you find your ideal audience by identifying what makes you unique and what makes you special. So the finding your unique intersections exercise. And if you go to the show notes and the podcast link on my website, rainbennett.com slash the storytelling lab, you can see this Venn diagram, but it's a three-part Venn diagram with skills in one circle, passions in one circle, and experiences in the third circle. So skills, what you are good at, what you are better than most people at, experiences what you love to do, what lights you up inside, what lights your heart on fire. And three, experiences. What are the unique groups that you belong to? Who do you come from? Where do you come from? Anything that has shaped the way you view the world or informed the way you view the world. And that one really is the one that opens up a lot of doors once once we see. And so what you do is you basically find the, the handful of things that, you know a Venn diagram, right? They're, they're overlapping circles and the things that, that lie in the middle sections where they overlap is where we want to focus on. So you're going to have plenty of overlaps between skills and passions and plenty of overlaps between passions and experiences and skills and experiences. But what we're looking for is one that overlaps in all three. So let's talk about them for a moment. Skills. This is going to be easy at first because you're like, oh, 
I'm a copywriter, I'm a coder, I'm a fireman, you know, uh, you're probably going to look at things that you do for work or have done for work or, or that you do as a hobby that you're really proficient at. But what I'm looking for, I want you, it's really easy to list two or three. I'm looking for 10 or 15. You have to open up the floodgates and see all the things that you're skilled at, even if you don't see at first how they tie together. So if it's snowboarding, write snowboarding. What I want you to use as kind of a litmus test is, if I took 10 people off of the street, would you be better than most of them, right? Not better necessarily than all 10 of them, but possibly, but better than most of them, right? Something you're skilled at that, that most people aren't, snowboarding, whatever it might be, and we'll see how it all comes together. For me, there, there's a variety of things, but after the first three, like writing, filmmaking, storytelling, and I guess pull-ups, <laughs> you have to start thinking about it like, oh, well, I'm, I'm good at teaching, I'm good at... um working under pressure, I'm good at um, establishing systems, I'm good at um, you know, being flexible, I'm good at uh, sports, I'm good at, you know, you just start listing them all, you know, listing them off and as many as you can, but about 10 or 15. If you do two to three, this is not going to work. Next one, passions. Now, Inevitably, there's going to be passions that are very similar to your experiences. I'm passionate about filmmaking and I'm skilled at filmmaking. At least I would like to think so. But there are also inevitably some that you are passionate about that you aren't skilled at. I like uh, NFL football. doesn't mean I'm skilled at it, but it's still a passion of mine, right? So the things that you love, what you really love to do, even if you're not that great at it. So again, that might be soccer for me. Uh, that might be writing. Uh, actually, you know, I can't even say that I am passionate about writing. I don't necessarily enjoy it. I feel like I'm good at it. I feel like it's necessary for me, but I wouldn't say I'm passionate about it. But I am passionate about watching movies and reading books that I'm passionate about. So learning, learning is a passion of mine. Uh, that's I don't know if I'd call that a skill of mine, but it's a passion of mine. Um, outdoor work, traveling, um finance, you know, learning how to make money. That's a passion of mine, learning, learning the finance, you know, how finances work and how to invest, etc. Um, so same thing, 10 to 15 passions. And then lastly, and for me, this is what really opened up the doors for me, who you come from, where you come from, unique groups that you belong to, experiences that you have that that most people don't, or that just inform your view of the world. So even though this one isn't, um, isn't something that most people don't have. Like, if if I look into it, being a white, straight male, American male, has definitely influenced the way I view the world, right? But then if I dive a little bit deeper, coming from a blue-collar background, coming from an alcoholic uh, family or home, you know, my father was an alcoholic, definitely was a unique experience that influenced my view of the world. Also, growing up in kind of a working-class, lower economic community, uh, growing up on the coast influenced my view of the world. Playing sports influenced my my view of the world. Being a filmmaker certainly did. Uh, traveling the world certainly did. Um, you know, and you can just list them on and on. But really starting to understand where I came from 
And my unique experiences started to make me understand why I was drawn to the work I wanted to do. So this is what I want you to do. Go through this exercise. List out your skills. List out your experiences. List out your passions and then see where they overlap. This is how we're going to carve out those unique intersections. Like what falls in the middle and what ways can you put them together that haven't been done before. So I struggled for a long time on keeping, you know, and you may know this if you listen to the show, on keeping my two worlds apart from being an athlete and an artist because I haven't seen, I hadn't seen anyone that navigated them very well together. I hadn't seen anyone like set that standard for me. So I didn't know how to do it. So I kept them apart and it kept me chasing different things or fighting to keep them apart and basically spinning and spinning in circles, working on different projects and doing different things uh, that didn't have any alignment and weren't working together. So once I started focusing on this, finding your unique intersections exercise, and I understood what drew me to that, because when I looked at my experiences, I realized, hey, I came from an alcohol, you know, alcoholic father who died of lung cancer. I have addiction all in my family. I have diabetes in my family and heart disease, and obviously uh, um, other things. You know, we already talked about uh, uh, alcohol and addiction, but also depression, and then I started looking at the bigger concentric circle of, of where I come from, not just my family, but my community. Uh, all those things are rampant there. D- disease, drug addiction, all of these sorts of things were common. And I think that it's because, you know, country folks, low economic folks, poor folks are kind of not helpless because they're super strong people, but they need certain guidance. They're, they're, if you gave them a few steps, simple, basic steps to take them, them to the next level, they have tons of potential. And because I love to learn and because I'm skilled at conveying that knowledge, I started understanding that, hey, I can help people take control of their health and happiness with simple tools and simple strategies that I've learned along the way. I'm good at coaching. I can convey that information. I love to learn and I also love to root for the underdog. I love helping people that if you just show them a couple of of steps, they can really help themselves. And when I understood that I was fighting for those people in which I came from, then it made sense. Then it made sense why I was attracted to, to these, even though they were an artistic field, I was writing about you know, these hard lessons that I learned, I was making films about, you know, changing communities and health and wellness and environmental health and social and cultural issues and physical health. It made sense because I was doing that to basically or indirectly fight for the people where I came from and the places where I came from. Once I understood that alignment, now everything that I do is focused on that. And the way I do it is through storytelling. That would be the next stage of this whole process. Once you understand those unique intersections about you and what make you stand out and you have a unique perspective that no one else does in the world, because that's that's what makes us unique, then I found out the way in which I could deliver the information I wanted to, the content that I wanted to, the, the solutions that I had for these people, and that way was through storytelling. So I use storytelling to help people get in better shape, save money, protect their environments, uh, achieve their dreams, or, or start their businesses. This is how I do it. 
So those experiences are always going to influence the way you approach the world and you approach the work that you do. And if you do this finding your unique intersections process, I promise, I promise it will help you. I'm going to give you an example. Just last night, I watched the WeWork documentary um, on Hulu about Adam Newman, the kind of... uh, messiah-like enigmatic uh, CEO that that really caused their overinflated valuation of 47 billion that then crashed a couple of years ago. Now, I was a WeWork member for for years. That's where my offices were in the beginning of the storytelling lab. That's where we filmed uh, and recorded our podcast episodes. I loved WeWork. I loved the community that that they created there. So it was sad to see it crash, but I understood why because they were just burning cash and burning cash. But it wasn't until last night when I watched this film that I understood where the whole concept of that was built. And say what you want to say about their crash, it was a successful company for for a little while. It's just that they weren't running it successfully from the back end, but it was successful in terms of like how it caught fire. And it could have been successful had they not burned through their cash and spent money they didn't have and maybe not tried to grow as rapidly as they did because they were around for almost 10 years before before this all happened. Not quite, but, but about eight years. The reason was the two founders, Miguel and Adam, both came from families that grew up in communes. This was so interesting to me. They came from from backgrounds that, that, that and families that grew up in communes, living together, living amongst each other. <laughs> and that's what influenced their approach at building this new way of looking at work, this, this, this disruption of the way we looked at work and real estate and office space to have people together. What they were building was a community. Now, I also fi- found out that they created something called not just WeWork, but We Live, which was a community-based living situation where it looked just like a WeWork building, but it was for little apartments in New York. They were starting to create We Grow to be- to to provide school solutions for children in the same kind of format, the same dynamic. But why it worked, and I will tell you that one of the best things about working at WeWork was the community because you were kind of forced to help each other because you'd see each other in the lobbies having coffee. You'd pass by each other with a transparent with the transparent wall glass walls that they had. And so if somebody was like, hey, I'm looking for a web developer, and you're like, oh, my office mate is, and you'd make an introduction because you were right there in the same building. It made it very easy. That community aspect was what made WeWork. But what was so interesting to me was that there was no way Adam or Miguel would have approached it from that way had they not grown up in similar uh, environments. So their unique view on the world was seeing how communes and community could really grow together. What if we applied that model to office real estate? And that's why it worked. And I just thought that was so cool. Now, just to flash forward a little bit, what happens in a lot of those communes? You tend to have one figure who is elevated as this guru as the Messiah, as the leader, and it becomes very cultish, right? That's the the dark side of those those communes. And it, it, if you, there's a million documentaries on these. It almost always happens. Now, I don't know that community well enough to say that it always happens. I just know that it tends to happen and becomes a cult. And that's what happened with WeWork. So that's the dark side of it. But 
you know, because that essentially is what happened to Adam. But I just thought it was so interesting. And if you look at anybody that has created something great, most often the way they were brought up and their unique experiences influence that. And I think the same is true for all of us. I know it is. And it's true for you too. So do this process and think about what are the unique things that I have that have influenced my approach to business, my approach to work, my view of the world? And sometimes those are dark things that you've been through or trauma you've experienced or tough things. And sometimes it's just who you were brought up, brought up amongst. But you have to go through this lens and this exercise is perfect to do that, to see what about me is special. What do I know that most people don't and how can that influence my approach and direction and how I view the world and the work that I do in it? Once you identify that, then you can identify who are the people and what are the problems that they have that I can use these unique intersections to solve. That is how you find the unique intersections of your story and I hope that you get started on it immediately and if you need any help, don't be afraid to reach out. My name is Rain Bennett. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed that episode, do us a favor and subscribe to the podcast. If you're already a subscriber and you're enjoying the show, give us a review and let us know the value that you've gotten from it. We love to hear from our listeners and learn about the benefits that they're getting from the show. That's what fuels us and that's what fuels the show. And if you've already subscribed and you've already reviewed it and you think there's someone else that would benefit from listening to this show, please, please share it with them. The more we grow, the more we can help you grow, and that's what we're here to do. Join us next time on the Storytelling Lab. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.